because faith is something which everybody has so what exactly is faith faith is a confidence we have or some belief or some hope that something good will happen something better will happen right in simple words that is faith like for example if you are in point a and you want to go to point b but the journey is uncertain right you don't know uh, whether you will reach point b but you know you are in point a and that uncertainty in the journey from point a to point b can sometimes overwhelm us and people who make that journey although they don't although it is uncertain they do so with what is called as faith yes i let me let me let me have faith let me go ahead so basically that silent reassurance that we carry in our heart that yes i will reach that desired state that is faith when it's like you know you're in a plane and the pilot announces that now you know all of you have to jump down the parachute and you have a parachute and you i don't know how you do it but you switch on the button and it opens up but you don't know till that point of time will it open up so that requires faith so similarly we are in hari krishna movement and we have been told that we know where we are right now and we are told we have to go back to godhead we have to become pure devotees free of anarthas that's like point b and the journey we are going to undertake that will happen if we have faith because lot of doubts difficulties will come in the path so there is no certainty but <laughs> we don't know for sure you know what it looks like to go back home back to god we don't know what it is but everybody is living on faith right i know some of you uh, will get married and that is faith right can you say with guarantee that your marriage would be a happy one you don't know what will happen after marriage but people still get married and uh, after marriage there are many people who have children man is it scientific you may consult all the astrologers but the babies you have <laughs> the child you have will the child be actually giving you happiness you don't know what will happen but you have faith so basically faith is that journey we undertake from uncertainty to certainty it's basically another name for belief trust hope all of that in simple words that is faith so uh, before we discuss how we could improve our faith we all have faith in something or the other but how, how 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 could we improve or elevate our consciousness by having faith in krishna there is a verse from the bhagavad gita which i want you to respond repeat after me this is from the 17th chapter of the gita and krishna tells arjuna something amazing about faith he says everybody is made of faith so this is the next verse please repeat after me ंग इज से 
Krishna, he says here, Sarvasya, everybody is made of faith. And he says, Shraddhamaya, like we say, Jnanamaya. Jnanamaya means made of knowledge. Bhakti Maya, full of bhakti. He says, every living entity is Shraddhamaya. He is made of faith. Of course, we may not have faith in Krishna, but we have faith in our not having faith in Krishna. Basically, everybody has faith. Even the scientists have faith. They speak a lot of things based on faith. A Gujarati has faith. A Jiyadi has a faith. Everybody has faith. You know, there is one, one very popular atheist by Krishna Mercy. I forget his name. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the statement he made. Outlandish, arrogant. He says, if I had a choice to read the world of two things, if I had a choice of one of the two things, the world is free of rape or the world is free of God, I would prefer the world is free of God. I mean, what arrogance and what faith he has that God is causing problems. And if you see statistically, Stalin was not a theist, he was not a believer in God. In China, they don't believe in God. And the greatest genocide that happened in Russia and uh, China. So it's, it's, it's not correct to say that religion causes problems. So it's all ultimately, you know, it's all based on faith. You go to a barber and you know you don't know, you could, when, when somebody is shaving you in India, they have a big knife with which to shave you. You just cut your uh, throat. We have faith when you're sitting in a plane that the pilot is not drunk. So we're always having faith. So if you want a relationship with Krishna, if you want to experience Krishna in life, you need to have faith. Of course, logic is needed. But I've seen logic takes us to one point in Krishna consciousness. But after that, it's like you have to jump. You have to jump with that parachute. Logic can, you know, like I've seen, you know, logic debate and all of that is okay, but after a certain point of time, it doesn't work. Like debate is something so silly, you know, you, you give an argument, I tear it and throw it out of the window, that argument. And if I give, if I make a presentation, you can also, see, we can always defeat each other in argument. I mean, argument will not take us anywhere. Ultimately, it is an experience. So, I have a question to all of you. Uh, all of you have come to this retreat means you have faith. You have come to this trip because you, you have... So see, I, honestly, when I see all of you doing Kirtan, and the enthusiasm with which you are serving, and the way you are greeting each other, talking about Krishna, attending Mangalarati, chanting with devotees, I have faith that you have faith. <laughs> I am convinced that you have faith. So now I want to ask you honestly, uh, you can just maybe shout out the answers. What is that one thing that actually gives you faith in Krishna and the process of Krishna consciousness that Srila Prabhupada has given us? What is it that actually gives you faith? And then we will take it forward, but I want to know. Is that yes, Prabhu? Uh, seeing examples of living devotees. Seeing examples of living devotees gives you faith. This is so important. Thank you. Anything else? Anybody? Gets faith from what? Yes? Yeah, like the magic that comes from reversals. In the magic that comes from? The magic that comes from reversals in life. Wow. From reversals, the things that happen after you face reversals, that gives you faith. Profound, actually. Actually, yesterday that was what we were discussing in the morning class about, you know, reversals, suffering, setbacks, and then what happens is amazing. Yeah, that gives you faith in Krishna. Thank you, Mother. Anybody else? 
your room. You get so much comfort from prayer. And it's a fact. If you never, I, I know one devotee. Um, I'll tell you his story because what Haritya said is resonating with me so much. Because I know one devotee was going through so much difficulty. He was about to uh, leave Krishna consciousness completely. And how prayers gave him faith. Because he said he would just sit in front of the deities and pray. And sometimes his mind would wander everywhere. But still he would come back gently. Just be with the Lord in that sacred space of the temple hall. And then in one week he was, life changed completely. You know, Burijan Prabhu and Jagatarani Mataji, they were in Vrindavan for many years. They said, the best counsellor that anyone can get is Krishna Balram. So Jagatarani Mataji and Burijan Prabhu have a formula. They say, if anybody has any difficulty, doubts, please come to Balramji. Especially, they would insist. Come in front of Balram. And tell your problem to Balaram. And just sit there, be there. And Gurujan Prabhu says with so much conviction that he has seen lives dramatically change. So thank you. That is a beautiful point. Prayers give us comfort. And that gives us faith. Beautiful. Anything else? One last point we could take. So if I hear correctly, reversals, prayer and examples. These are the three that generally most, I think this covers most of the Generally, this gives us faith. And you know, when, uh, if you are if you are a little alert and awake, you will see examples. And in those examples that you see in ISKCON, you know, even within those examples, what you see is simplicity. I've seen in Krishna consciousness, if you really want to experience Krishna, when you're seeing examples of devotees who are practicing Krishna consciousness, go beyond the superficial and see the simplicity that these devotees have. You know, I'll just give an example. Nandugo Prabhu and myself, we were talking to our Mataji here. She's been around for 48 years serving Krishna. 48 years is a long time. And when we were talking to her, Nandugo Prabhu can echo this, we were stunned, you know, that she's radiating with so much joy. And you can see she's glowing with happiness. But her life has been full of tragedies. So, and she told us some things and some things she just hinted at. And she was, and, in, and throughout she was grateful. And then as we were, after she left, you know, I was, I was actually, I, my head was standing on end. I was completely stunned by her example. And then we realized, we were discussing, only if you have a simple heart, you could, you could have survived all these 48 years. And she's an amazing, and she's not blaming the leader who kind of betrayed her. She's not blaming him. I was like, <laughs> how can she not? So she is experiencing Krishna. That gives me faith. Her leader may not give me faith, but she is giving me faith. And you know, I, and I'm, I'm telling you honestly, from my experience, if you just keep your eyes and ears open, in Krishna consciousness, you will see so many examples of stalwart devotees. When I say stalwart, I'm not talking about sannyasis with big dandas or gurus with thousands of disciples. I'm talking about like this Mataji I spoke about. She is here in the community. Like that, there are so many devotees everywhere. Like I'll tell you one story, because I like to tell stories. Uh, you know, when we were preaching once, one boy came to our class. This is a true story. Some of you may, may find it too fantastic, but I have personally witnessed this. So like you have your youth program, Jamin. We have in our temple what we call Prerna. Fortunately or unfortunately, we have different Prerna and different for girls and different for boys. So we were doing boys youth preaching and uh, one, one program, I met, we met one boy called 
Chin man. Chin man. That is his name. And he was so innocent, his eyes glowing. He said, 16 year old boy, you know. And I gave him the beads. Yes, yes. He started chanting. And okay, he didn't know anything about ISKCON. I just gave him the beads and then another devotee preached him. Okay, I'll chant. And then what is all this? He said, it is ISKCON, Prabhupada. He showed him photograph of Prabhupada. He said, okay, great. And he went home. And his father was out of town. And, he, and he's an innocent boy. He called his In India, you know, generally we tell boys when we are preaching, don't tell your parents as yet about what you are doing because they, they won't be able to appreciate. They get scared when they see you chanting. And I have forgotten to tell this boy that don't tell your parents anything as of now. But the first thing he did, he went home. He told his mom. Mom said, tell your father immediately. So he called his father. His father was an outstation somewhere. And he said, Dad, I went to ISKCON. Do you know about ISKCON? I saw Prabhupada's photo and I started chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. He started telling everything with so much excitement and enthusiasm. And his father is always doting on him. You know, he's like, his father loves him very much. And he was surprised. He told me the next day his father was quiet. He couldn't hear anything from the other side. And I said, Dad, what happened? Uh, uh, nothing. Go on, go on. So he said, he's gone. And kept saying, and do you know about his gone? Again, his father was like, um, yeah, yeah, I'll talk to you about it. I'll talk to you about it. And he hung up. And then he came to the temple next day, this boy, and said, Prabhu, why did my father do like this? You know, I'm bewildered. What happened? I said, when is he scheduled to come back from his trip? He said, he's scheduled to come after three, four days. And then he went home, and he was surprised his father was at home already. And his father got emotional. He said, son, come with me. He held his hand, and he took him to the attic. He showed him one old box, big box. <laughs> and he said, you know, when I was a young boy, your age, I went to US. He's a Gujarati fellow. Uh, his uh, surname is... Uh, uh, I forget his surname. I'll tell you soon. Anyway, so he, he said, when I was your age, I went to US, to Boston to study. And that's the first time I heard the word ISKCON. And I was, used to be always hungry, so I would go to the ISKCON temple for food. And there I met one very nice young boy. His name was Niranjan Das Brahmachari. Do you know who he is now? Anybody? Niranjan. Niranjan Swami Maharaj. He's a big sannyasi today. Now his father doesn't know. This boy doesn't know. <laughs> and so his father is telling him, I met this very nice, very sweet boy, Niranjan Das Brahmachari. And he was a very nice temple resident. He would give me prasadam every day. And I would be initially very shy, but he would feed me lots of prasadam. And sometimes he would cycle to the university where I was studying. He would get me cakes and cookies. He took so much care of me. And just to please him, you know, I started chanting. And then he showed in that big box, the old big bag. And the Bhagavad Gita and small books of Prabhupada. He said, this was my life and soul in college, in university. And I was in America for 5-6 years. And I started chanting 16 rounds of Hare Krishna. And then somehow, you know, I had to come to India. Then I fell in Maya. <laughs> I got married to your mom. <laughs> he was just going on and on. And I started crying to his son. He said, I'm so glad when you said ISKCON, it, seems, it's, it was as if for the last 25 years, I had forgotten that ISKCON existed. I had completely forgotten about ISKCON. Now I've opened this box because of you. I'm so glad, son, you're going to ISKCON. Please go, please chant. I, I also want to chant. So then the both father and son started chanting. What do you think happened to this man? How, how come he suddenly everything revived? It was because of one person. 
and the process that centered around that what that person gave him, love and affection. So this boy came to me and said, Prabhuji, do you know this Niranjan Das Brahmachari? And coincidentally, that time Niranjan Swami Maharaj was in Chopati. <laughs> what a coincidence. So I told him, and we have this Prerna festival where you know thousand young boys come for the festival once in a month. And Maharaj was scheduled to give the talk. And we have some special guests we call. Although the program is only for young boys, 15 to 25, but we allow some people, elderly people to come as special guests. So I told him, why don't you call your father as one of the special guests? I'll give you a pass. So we gave him a pass and he was excited. And I told him, don't tell him. Don't tell your father that this is that boy, you know, the same boy has now become a Maharaj and he's going to be, don't tell him, let's give him a surprise. So he got excited, he said, yes. So he called his dad, he went home and he told his father that tomorrow they called you for a, as a special guest. You, we insist you come. And then he came. And he was sitting and now I, am, I was one of the organizers of the festival. Now you should believe me when I say this. I'm standing there, you know, coordinating, ushering the crowd, getting everything. I have to introduce the speaker. I have to do all the things and then. And I'm constantly looking at this man. His name is uh, Chetan Kanakya. Kanakya is his surname. Chetan Kanakya. So I announced, we have a special guest today, Mr. Chetan Kanakya. Let us cheer. Hari bol, hari bol. And then he's sitting there. And now we're waiting for Maharaj to come in. And everybody's doing Kirtan. And I'm constantly looking at him. And then Maharaj enters. And this is after, this is 1979. We're talking about uh, 35 years, 37 years later. <laughs> That's a lot of time, right? 36, 37 years later, Niranjan Das Brahmachari, now Niranjan Swami Maharaj walks in <laughs> to the temple hall. And this, I'm looking at this man, he's like, you know, he's, he's kind of as if there's nostalgia and you know that. And the whole class is just. He's so excited, his eyes are big like Jagannath, you know, he's like staring at Maharaj. And then the class, the question answers, and then uh, after the class, Maharaj is, Maharaj got a rousing Kirtan, everybody danced. And after Kirtan, you know, in India we have this culture. We all come, surround the speaker, and just stand, <laughs> and talk to him something, or appreciate. That's the culture we have. So we all came, and, and this man, I was looking at him, and I called him, he came close to where? Maharaj was sitting on the rasas and talking to everyone. Maharaj was talking to the rasas and he was looking. He wanted Maharaj to talk to Maharaj and he understood that this is the same boy. And he said, Swamiji, Swamiji, recognize me? And Maharaj looked at him. And I was amazed. After 37 years, Maharaj looks at him and says, Boston! And you know, his eyes became moist. <laughs> and then, Mara, Mara, remember, remember Swamiji, the cakes. And you know, started say, uh, reminding Maharaj of something. And Maharaj said, wait, 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 wait. Chetan. Maharaj told his name. And when Maharaj said his name, Chetan. You know, after 37 years, now Niranjan Swami Maharaj is the big sannyasi. And he said, Chetan. And when he said, Chetan, this man, I mean, I've never seen a man cry like a baby. <laughs> cried like a baby in front of in front of all of us. He just fell on the floor. He held Mara's feet. He was crying and then Mara lifted him, embraced him. And then Mara put his hand on him and then they walked. <laughs> they walked for some time. And then he came back and now, since that day, he's chanting 32 rounds every day. Because he wants to make up for all the lost years. <laughs> so, what has happened in this 37 years when he was completely out of Krishna consciousness? But, that, that faith that somebody loves them unconditionally. 
what an example and i've seen this and, and see maharaj is a great philosopher he knows so many shlokas right <laughs> he can give you a he can debate with you so much but he was just doing something very simple he was giving love and affection and that gave so much faith when i joined the ashram what gave me faith was to see the brahmacharis in our ashram they were great scholars but i would see loving dealings between amongst them you know like there was one brahmachari called stoka krishna prabhu he was you know he was very we would make fun of him because he would he would be very shy and very gentle very unmanly types and he was not like aggressive or tough he was like he would always be like this yes prabhu ji yes prabhu ji so all of us would give our kurtas or shirt whichever would get torn his, his seva was his unofficial seva was to stitch clothes like if i broke my button of my kurta he would stitch that button that was his seva and i remember goranga provided you know goranga prabhu one of our leaders in chapati is now the gbc very senior leader and goranga prabhu at that time was a young man he would come to the ashram he would walk around like you know and you come from the kitchen you're a tough man non emotional non sentimental <laughs> and you come and you take out his kurta with the which was you know button broken and you make it into a ball and you say hey, stoga you throw it i want it but tomorrow afternoon okay and the our lockers that next to each other and next day morning stoga krishna prabhu is simple simple boy you know simple brahmachari you you're not expert in ma- uh, multitasking or management So invariably he would not do the job on time, and next day Goranga would say, "You fool! You didn't do it for me!" And then you hit him hard on the back, and you say, "Oh, Prabhu, sorry, sorry. Tomorrow I'll do it." Okay, I want it by tomorrow morning. He would boss around like anything, and then uh, Sokar Krishna Prabhu would always be, you know, gentle. And then anyway, some time passed. Sokar Krishna Prabhu wanted to leave the ashram. He got married, and then after marriage, when his wife was pregnant, he got cancer. It was incurable. He had just six months to live. and then when he was uh, dying leaving his body he was on the bed and i was reading bhagavatam for him and he was gasping for breath and i remember gorang prabhu coming there and this is just just the doctor said he has maximum 2 3 hours to live just 2 3 hours to live and he is like he is gasping for breath and i am reading bhagavatam hoping that he will <laughs> and then gorang prabhu comes and gorang prabhu you know i mean he is i have never seen him exchange any affection with him ever But as he's lying on his deathbed, Gorang Prabhu is telling the doctor, "There has to be a way out. I'm sure he can be revived." I'm Gorang Prabhu from IIT. You know, he's like one of the most logical, intellectual guys. But he lost all clarity at that time, and he said, "No, no, there has to be some way out." And then I looked at Manfred. Okay, I will read the Bhagavatam for him. No, because he's not going to leave the world. So then Gorang Prabhu started reading Bhagavatam. I'm looking at Gorang Prabhu, and his eyes are moist. And so Krishna Prabhu is. is gasping for that he realized that goram prabhu is sitting next to him and then suddenly he starts waving at him and then he's doing like this and then goram prabhu said what is he saying i said prabhu he is he is asking you to remove your kurta and then so krishna is doing like this i mean he just few minutes before he's dying so krishna prabhu has this consciousness that you know he is to give me seva of stitching kurta and now he's not giving me so he's telling I mean, in that uh, conscious, and then Gaurav Prabhu again, you know, he was just broke down. He couldn't. So that when I was seeing all these exchanges, I realized, I mean, he's a great scholar. Gaurav Prabhu can give you four-hour class on Chaitanya Charitamrita. You know, he can quote all the verses from the Bhagavatam. But here he is. Uh, he has touched somebody's heart, and his heart is deeply touched by simple exchanges of affection and love between Vaishnavas. 
And if you see Srila Prabhupada's disciples, many of them, they don't remember Prabhupada's classes as much as they remember these exchanges. I don't know if you realize this when you, when you recall. <laughs> that gives faith. Like there was one Mataji who came to our temple, Prabhupada's disciple. I asked her, what is your most uh, favorite remembrance, re recollection of Srila Prabhupada? So, you know, we would expect, as scholars, we would expect, okay, some lecture point and some <laughs> purport of Prabhupada. This is, her name is Sarveshwari Mataji. Now she says, last, uh, this incident happened in 1971 and she told us this, I think, a few years ago. So maybe what, almost, almost 50 years. So she, she says, one, one pastime of Prabhupada I have been remembering for the last 50 years. And what is that? Srila Prabhupada came to our temple and I was, in, I was in charge of the kitchen and my seva was to get a cup of hot milk for Srila Prabhupada every day in the night before he goes to take rest. So I brought a cup of hot milk and I kept it in his table and I was going out. That's when Prabhupada entered the room and Prabhupada's servant was already in the room and Prabhupada looked at me and said, Sarveshwari, you are pregnant and because it was obvious, you know, she was I think in the 8th month of her pregnancy. So then when Prabhupada asked her, she said, yes, Srila Prabhupada. And then Srila Prabhupada had a hectic schedule and this mother is recollecting how Srila Prabhupada sat down and started talking to me in detail about how I am taking care of my health. So what are you doing, Sarveshwari, about your health? Okay, are you eating properly? Are you doing this? And she says, I mean, he was a world acharya with thousands of disciples and big sannyasis are taking his appointment and here I am an insignificant devotee and I am just doing some small seva in the kitchen and it seems he had all the time to discuss about my health, my pregnancy, my issues and then surprisingly the end as I was leaving Prabhupada said wait she, because she had brought a cup of hot milk for Srila Prabhupada Srila Prabhupada said drink this milk she said yes Prabhupada I, I, I have milk in the kitchen I, I, no 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 drink I want to see you are taking care of your health drink she said, Prabhupada, this is for you. <laughs> no, 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 I want to see you drink this cup of milk. So then she drank. And then Prabhupada was just sitting there looking at her. And then when she left, as she, as she was leaving, she got Prabhupada turned to his servant and said, ensure that she gets a cup of hot milk every night. This is, a, this is the only, uh, in, you know, interaction she had with Prabhupada. And then she remembers this for the last 50 years. This is nourishing her bhakti. There's another Mataji, I just have one more story, Lilavati Mataji. And uh, I asked her, you know, what do you, what do you remember of Srila Prabhupada so much? She says, I was in Geneva or Zurich, one place in Switzerland, Guru Gauranga Prabhu, the temple president. I felt sick and I was admitted in the hospital and the temple had very few devotees. So they, have, they were busy in seva and somebody would send prasadam every day to the hospital so that I can recover fast. And when Prabhupada visited the temple, Prabhupada said, I can see everyone, but where is Lilavati? So then one day, uh, Guru Gauranga Prabhu said, Prabhupada, she is at, uh, she's admitted in the hospital, but she is recovering. And uh, Prabhupada said, but is anybody visiting her? Shiva, uh, and then Guru Gauranga Prabhu said, yes, Prabhupada, one devotee goes and takes prasadam for her. Prabhupada said, what about all of you? Uh, well, we are busy with temple seva. All of you drop all your services. Right now, all of you go to the hospital. <laughs> so all of them left and she was shocked to see all devotees. And they said, Prabhupada sent us here to be with you. So now this is what she recollects of Prabhupada. You know, when I when I when I heard all of this, you know, sometimes I'm I'm telling an inside secret. Some brahmacharis, you know, when you tell these pastimes, 
you know, they say, you know what, this is a secret, okay? <laughs> Some brahmacharis, they say, you know, these kind of pastimes. These are all, you know, sentimental pastimes, you know. There's some people feel like that. And, you know, you should be focused on scriptures. Of course, we need to study scriptures. Otherwise, our faith will, uh, will be haunted by doubts. That's what uh, Vishakamataji spoke so beautifully two days ago in that question answers. That when doubts overwhelm us, we need scriptures. Scriptures are most important. At the same time, when we see application of scriptures, and one of the most powerful leaders, Prabhupada said, Jayadvaita means parampara. You know, Jayadvaita Maharaj is, I think, very sharp in scriptures, right? And you know what Jayadvaita Maharaj said? And I reconfirmed it with him two years ago. Many years ago, in one BTG article, he had written an article that entire issue was dedicated to fall down. And faith shakes people. All the articles were on fall down. Why it happened, what we should do to increase our faith. And of all people, his holiness, Jay Adve Swami Maharaj, one of the greatest scholars in ISKCON, you know what he said? What we need in ISKCON? He said, we don't need managers, we don't need sannyasis, we don't need great preachers, we need grandmothers. And then he elaborated. He said, grandmother in a traditional Indian family has all the time for her child. And she's uh, flooding her child, grandchild with affection. This is what Jayadha Swami Maharaj said. Then when I, two years ago when I met him, I said, Maharaj, remember in the 1980s in one special BTG issue, you had spoken about this grandmother concept. Do you still subscribe to it? <laughs> he said, yes, of course. We need grandmothers. And he was saying it with so much intensity. So, uh, well, I got carried away. <laughs> so, the, where were we? Yeah, what gives us faith? No? So, these are, so we, we see examples of devotees who are carrying the legacy of the simplicity in Krishna consciousness. Now we also need to understand what challenges our faith. There's something that obviously challenges your faith, right? I'm sure you've not expressed it to everyone, but there is something that disturbs you and your faith gets shaken. Would you also like to share what is uh, some examples of that? What shakes your faith? You don't have to take names, but what really disturbs your faith? Any example? Any Anyone would like to share? Don't worry, we won't judge you for it because we all have uh, issues with faith. Anybody? Yes, Prabhu. I'll come back to you later. Yeah. So when you hear uh, other people, other people not part of, not devoted talking about the devotees in such a way that you think, what, is this correct? Is this not correct? Mm -hmm. You are saying that what shakes our faith is when non-devotees say derogatory things about devotees. Yeah, thank you. Anything else? Yes. Very similar, but when devotees say derogatory things about other devotees. When devotees speak bad about other devotees, we lose faith. Yes. Anybody? Yes, please. When uh, like senior devotees, they fall and make uh, mistakes. They're falling down. Yeah. yeah. That also disturbs our faith. So when, when devotees fall down, when others shake our faith with their arguments, or when devotees behave badly, they speak critically of others, anything else that shakes your faith? I saw your hand up. Anything else? Yes.
Yeah. Yeah. You are saying somebody gives a very intellectual, academic presentation on non-Krishna consciousness or you know, speaks about scientific theories, so then our faith gets shaken. You know, we have a few brahmacharis in our temple who are really deeply studied scientifically. And I am not good in this scientific understanding, but I feel very happy when they speak. When they give Bhagavatam classes, I am there in the class. I don't understand many of the things they say. <laughs> but I feel happy because, you know, I feel, well, I don't know, I don't understand what you are saying, but I know that you know this stuff very well. <laughs> and that gives me faith. So we have Bhaktivedanta Institute. We have devotees who are, you know, who can, who can match their word jewelry of the non-devotees with equal ferocity. <laughs> so, so we should connect them to those devotees. But yeah, this also shakes our faith because, uh, you know, we think uh, intellectual word jugglery, jargons, you know, when people throw them around, it's very impressive. That's why I said in the beginning, what really matters is the simplicity. You know, go beyond all the superficiality and then Srila Prabhupada is expert in this. He could, he could puncture the whole thing, you know. He would say, a chicken is a greater scientist than you. A hen would eat grass and give an egg. Make a machine where you put grass and an egg comes out. Can you do that, you rascal? <laughs> so Srila Prabhupada had this. Because Srila Prabhupada knew Krishna, he had complete unflinching faith in Krishna. He could give his arguments, you know. So like that. So yeah, this is very important. Sometimes we get impressed by the external razzle-dazzle, the glamour and the sophistication. But Krishna, if you want to experience Krishna, there has to be intense simplicity. There has to be that streak of simplicity without which we cannot get Krishna. You may be a great scholar, but you should love. You should be happy serving devotees in a menial way also. If you are, if you are only a sophisticated devotee, you know, Krishna consciousness demands that simplicity. Anyway, but I am happy you shared this. Anybody else? Any other challenges? Yes. Just, just lack of taste. Lack of taste, yes. You know, this is a very important point. I'm glad you said this. Lack of taste is the biggest reason why we lose faith. And why that taste we don't get? Because our faith is unfortunately composed of only two elements. There are three elements of faith. First is knowledge. Okay, now let's, let's, let's this is very important. Faith, faith has three components. You ask yourself how many of these three are there with you. First is knowledge. Knowledge means you know, having all the answers to the questions. But is knowledge sufficient? Sasurup Maharaj says that, you know, his team of devotees went to interview a PhD scholar, one American man, he had done PhD on Tattva Sandarbha. And, you know, this Rupa Goswami's, you know, it's like a Jiva Goswami's works and these are like, even devotees haven't read. When I haven't read those books after 25 years, I just keep hearing from other devotees. So this man had a PhD on Rupa Goswami's Tattva Sandarbha and Jiva Goswami's works and he could talk any, all the Krishna conscious stuff he knew. But the devotees thought it would be great to meet him. Maybe he's a devotee. But he was not a devotee, he is a scholar. So he has knowledge. So when devotees went to meet him, you know where he gave them appointment? He told them to meet him in a bar. And as they were sitting there, this man was drinking, this Sanskrit scholar was drinking his uh, beer and he's telling the devotees, yeah, you know, Rupa Goswami says like this. And, uh, and you know, Chaitanya, Lord Chaitanya said like this. And right now what I'm doing, uh, this beer I'm drinking, this qualifies me for these two hells. I mean, he also knows which hell he's going to go to. 
because he has all the knowledge of what happens, which hell you go for eating meat and so he has all the knowledge but he lacks the second component which is belief. He doesn't believe in what he knows. So devotees, some of us, we have knowledge but do we believe? There's, so there are two components, one is knowledge and some devotees have strong belief also. I believe this is true. I believe what Prabhupada says is right. Jai Shila Prabhupada. I believe in it. Okay Prabhu, you believe in it. So now can you chant more to get taste? Uh, well, uh, so we lack the third component of faith and that is trust. Trust is, do I, trust means, do I believe it will work for me? If I chant more, will Srila Prabhupada protect me? This is the defining thing. Trust. After some years, you have knowledge, you also have belief. But do you trust Krishna? Can you can you increase your japa by say, can you add two rounds extra? Can you say, okay, I'm going to every day read 15 minutes of Bhagavatam? Do you trust that if you invest time, the process will give you taste? So the trust is lacking. You know, I was staying in a village for some nine months. I used to every day walk by that plastic chair shop. And there was this huge man, 170 kgs minimum. Big man. He was the owner of the shop. He would sit on a sofa, comfortable sofa. And his employees, salesmen would uh, convince the customers about how the plastic chair is good. They should buy these plastic chairs. So I could see that all of them have knowledge of the chair. And some of them have belief also that this chair is good. And sometimes the owner himself would come and convince the customers that this chair is good, you should buy it. But I would tell myself, does he trust that this chair is good? If he really trusts the chair, then he would stand on it and jump. But I never saw him doing that. So he has knowledge of you know what, what plastic component, how the chair is made, etc. He also has belief. But does he trust? So do we trust Krishna? So belief is at the level of the mind, intelligence, but trust is an applicational part, you know, it is a language of the heart. Do you have that, do you have it in you that I will jump, I will dive into it, you know, Krishna will protect me. Am I willing to do A, B, C, four, five things? Because there is uncertainty, remember I defined, faith is that, you know, journey from uncertainty to certainty. So when I am uncertain, can I, am I willing to do these four, five things and I trust Krishna that, okay, Krishna will protect me. Hmm? There's a nice quote I heard. Every new situation of life will demand a different version of you. So after five years in Bhakti, Krishna will push you. Just like in your school, you have exams, A-levels and all that, and then you know you went to Cambridge, Oxford, you go to London School of Economics. Every year there is an exam, right? So Krishna also after a certain point, he pushes you. So like that, so this is about uh, challenges. Now, the final part of topic, what can we do to improve our faith? What, is that? what do you think you could personally do, that one thing you could do in your life that could improve your faith in Krishna? Would you like to share or have you, can you think about something that you could do to improve your faith in Krishna? Any answers? I always see the same hands go up. Nobody else? Ah, yes. Read more scriptures that could increase your faith. Yes, Jai Kishan. Practice chanting, hearing daily. This is very important. Consistency, you know. 
this is very important. We, he said very good point. Practice, but he didn't say practice Krishna consciousness. He said practice daily. Now just like you know, I have this kettle with me to boil water. You just imagine the kettle, it's boiling water, and suddenly after two seconds, it, there's no electricity flow. Then again after five seconds, the water boils. Then again it stops. Then again it boils. You think the water will ever get? Will I ever get hot water? There has to be consistent flow of electricity, right? Then it boils up. Then I get hot water. Similarly, you can't say, okay, I came for the PS trip, I chanted every day, and now after PS trip, next two one year till the next PS trip, no chanting. No, you are just switching off the kettle. You need to. Every day you need to have. Thank you. And studying of scriptures, of course. Anything else? Yes, please. Very good. Catch hold of senior devotees of experience and be nectar hunters. <laughs> just, just hound them. <laughs> be with them, of course. Don't disturb them. But <laughs> yeah, this is very nice. You were saying something? Okay, same thing. Yes, man. Uh, asking questions and removing doubts. Yeah, ask questions and clarify your doubts. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Sumail also had something to say. Same thing. Okay, yeah. I think we have one last point and then I'll, I'll share what Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says. Something interesting. Yes. Ah, learning more about Srila Prabhupada helps a lot. Yeah. And also, you know, learning about Srila Prabhupada, although it's pastimes we need to hear, but we also need to hear his philosophy. The philosophy is given because. Um, you know, one very senior Prabhupada disciple told me, you know, Prabhupada pastimes are very good, but don't forget to read and hear what Prabhupada wanted to tell us. Otherwise, we'll become, there's a danger we may become simply sentimental. Because Prabhupada challenged us. Shri Prabhupada challenged us to go beyond our eating, sleeping, mating, defending lifestyle and hold on to Krishna conscious core philosophy. He spoke about birth, death, old age, disease. You know, it just shook us. It's very important. So there are four things we could um, we could take back from this PS trip, and if we cultivate these four qualities, uh, guaranteed that your consciousness would elevate, your faith would increase in Krishna. You know what is the first one? First one is patience. We have to internalize this principle. Patience, relax. You know, youth is full of energy. We have a lot of passion which is needed. But we also need to cultivate patience. Everything will make sense at the right time. Don't, don't, don't get desperate. No, I want answers. No, you don't get answers all the time. Life is not black and white. Life is, many things don't have answers. Please, don't be desperate. You know, some, I'll tell you honestly, there are many things when I joined ISKCON, some, some things when I joined Krishna Consciousness immediately made sense. What made immediate sense to you when you came to KC? Other than Prashadam. <laughs> Prashadam makes sense. Yes, this is right. For me it was Krishna. For some it was Kirtan. I, I never liked dancing. The dancing never made sense to me when I joined. So some things immediately make sense to us when we come to KC. Some things take time for us to understand. For me, Vaishnava Prabhupada took time. I had to go through kicks and bruises and I had to get kicked by Maya. Then I understood, oh, Vaishnava Prabhupada is dangerous. So, some things we understand immediately in KC, some things take time. 
and some things you will never understand till you go back to Krishna like Jeeva fall down maybe <laughs> right like just like in a relationship you know one, one devotee told me you know when you know I got I got married to my wife because there's something he told me a few things about her which instantly he liked and he said oh we will be great and then he said but there was something about her I couldn't appreciate it took me some time to appreciate and then he's telling me there's something about her I'll never appreciate I'll never understand I have to live with it so that's how it is with Krishna consciousness also you can't expect answers for everything so be patient and you know at the right time everything will fall in place just like you watch a thriller murder mystery suspense movie the movie begins with some portrait of an old lady and a gun hanging above that portrait and you're, you're just seeing why 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 half a half a minute is you know the movie half a minute is showing only that <laughs> and then the whole plot unfolds twists and turns in the movie and the climax and the end of the movie you realize oh that fellow was shot by a gun that was hanging above the portrait you know all the dots fit in right at the end of the movie in a suspense thriller movie so our lives are like that <laughs> you know devotees life maybe at certain you take a period of time it's like a movie you know you can't make sense it doesn't make sense now but if you if you if you're patient then everything like i really like what vrindakishori madhavi said about reversal you know and when you go through that and then you see the magic you see the whole movie you see everything it fits in oh this krishna did because this is what i was meant to learn so we need uh, we need to have patience and this is a very scientific thing sanatan goswami writes in great detail about this in adibhakti vilas he calls this is avyagratva avyagratva means don't rush the practice when you are chanting just just don't be don't be obsessed with finishing your quota of 16 rounds or 10 rounds you know just be with krishna patience is one second is i think all of you know association but here association i want to clarify what it means it's not uh, vishwa chakravarti thakur says something amazing about association he says the one one factor that can really elevate your faith consciousness is association but that association has to be composed of three things first is satam kripa which means blessing of a devotee you know what this means basically this means somehow a devotee has to smile at you look at you pray for you bless you we need blessings without blessings that is the first step association means first can we get some blessing that's in india i don't know in west but in india you know sometimes i get irritated when you know the devotees they call you home they say prabhu ji let your lotus feet touch our house So they would that there is more that you please bless us time they treat you like god they treat you like you know guru but they are coming from that space they know see the, the the principle of satam kripa is very important and this is the best example of this is giriraj maharaj i i am convinced of this principle of satam kripa when giriraj maharaj shared on past time that when he was a young boy propat came to boston and now he is not a devotee giriraj maharaj at this point of time in the past time He asked a question to Shila Prabhupada. How do you know who is a genuine guru? And what was Shila Prabhupada's answer? Shila Prabhupada said, "It depends what you want. Do you want to serve God, or do you want to become God?" And then when Giriraj Maharaj saw, 
Prabhupada said this, do you want to become God? He saw Prabhupada pointing his finger like this and he got, he froze because he thought, he realized that Prabhupada has seen through me, he has seen the room where I am staying in Boston, in the hostel. Giraj Maharaj had put a big poster of one, uh, one, one, some saint in his room and a finger pointing like this saying, you are God. And that was a big poster saying, you are God. And, and he says, Prabhupada, as Prabhupada knows that I am having this poster in my room. And that's why he's saying, you want to be servant of God or you want to be God? So he got completely frozen. And then he didn't say anything. And then Prabhupada answered the question. And then Shri Prabhupada went away. And then Guraj Mahal associated with devotees. You know, started a few rounds. He became a devotee. And then one and a half years later, Shri Prabhupada came back to Boston. And then again in the class, Giraj Maharaj raised his hand and he asked a question. And Shri Prabhupada looked at him and said, Oh, I know you. Last time when I was here, you asked a question, right? And he said, yes, Shila Prabhupada. And then Shila Prabhupada said, ah, I remember, I remember. I remember looking at you and thinking, what a nice boy. And then I prayed, Krishna is a nice boy, please make him a devotee. And then Giraj Maharaj says, then I understood how I became a devotee in the last one and a half years. That is because Shila Prabhupada prayed for me. So, Satam Krupa is very important. Association means associating with the devotee who will pray for us, who will bless us, who will love us. And second, uh, this is, first is not in our hand. No, first is like mercy. Satam Krupa is mercy, but Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says we need to do two other things. And the second is very important, that is Mahat Seva, service attitude, wanting to serve, that is very important. And third is very important, first is, uh, what is the first point? Satam Kripa, blessings of senior devotees, devotees. Second is Mahat Seva, service to devotees. And third is very important, it is Shushrusha, which means eagerness to hear. I'll repeat, not simply hearing, but what? Eagerness to hear. It's like, eagerness to hear means, you know, like yesterday, for example, during the class, I saw these Matajis on that. They were cutting vegetables. That was very sweet, actually. In one sense, you could be cutting vegetables in your in the kitchen, but that is eagerness to hear. Or you know, if you miss a class, you talk to some devotee and say, "What is spoken? What are they discussed?" You know, just wanting to know more. That is very much needed. So this is the second topic. Sorry, the fourth thing needed to improve. If I will end with this, I just take two more minutes. First was what? Four things that can improve, that can help us elevate our consciousness and, and improve our faith in Krishna. First is patience. patience. Second, association. association, which composed, which is composed of three things, right? Mahats, uh, Satam Kripa, Mahat Seva, and Shushusha. Third is commitments. You want to have, you want to experience increased faith in Krishna. Make some commitment. I, I know what devotees say, Prabhu, but there is so much darkness in my life. I have so many doubts. I don't have answers to so many questions. Well, if you don't have answers to so many questions, then why don't you do some small things, some small commitments to remove those darkness? You know, like if it's pitch dark, electricity has gone off. Can you keep cursing the darkness? Oh, when will the sun come? When will I get the light? Oh, when the sun comes, when there is light, then all darkness will be removed and then I will resume my activities. No. There is complete darkness, there is no sun. You take out your flashlight and use that till the sunlight comes. Do 
do something, make some small commitments in bhakti. I'll chant two rounds, I'll chant four rounds. So after this PS2, can you make some commitment? And then see the difference it makes. This is the third. And the last and the most important is thankfulness or gratitude. Now you may say gratitude is again, you know, it's a cliche at this say. You feel, you can't even, I, I tried gratitude practice. You know, every day writing a gratitude journal. After one week, I just got bored because I mean, every day I can't thank my parents. You know, I was finding it, I couldn't invest emotions. <laughs> thanking my mom for what she gave me, thanking my grandparents. But then I discovered something amazing. I call it as fresh gratitude. Fresh gratitude is something like, what is it, what has happened to me or what I did or what I received in the last 24 hours for which I am really grateful. So that is called fresh gratitude. So then what, what that made me do, you know, it made me be, be, become very alert to what has happened in the last 24 hours. Keep my eyes and ears open. Oh, this devotee I met is so sweet. Thank you, Krishna. Oh, this is what has happened today. Thank you, Krishna. Oh, I got this nice prasadam. Oh, thank you, Krishna. Just constantly being alert and awake to the events that happen in our lives. See, we may not be grateful for everything that happens to us, but we can be definitely grateful at every moment. <laughs> we may not be grateful for what's happening to me right now, but we can be grateful for something else. But we can be grateful all the time. So, now regarding gratitude, I want to give you the psychology of how it really helps to improve our faith. I'll just end with this. Uh, you know, uh, because when we are grateful, we are telling Krishna, Krishna, thank you, Krishna, thank you for this. You love me so much that you've given me this. So then automatically that increases our love for Krishna. Like I have my cousin brother and you know he is, I know him, he's a very, I, I mean I love him but I, I know his, <laughs> I know his character and, and character is good but I know his, his idiosyncrasies very well. And he got married to one of the most beautiful girls in college. <laughs> so I remember, I was a young boy then, I told her, she called our older brother's wife as Bobby. I remember a few years ago, I told her, Babi, how could you marry him? I know him. He's a lousy fellow. How did you marry him? And what she said was very interesting. She said, yeah, you know, we were in college like everybody else, but, and we were friends, but when I realized how much he loves me, you know, through different incidents, and she said many things. She said, I was convinced that he loves me so much that I fell in love with him. I said, wow, this is how Krishna consciousness works. If you keep meditating on how Krishna loves us so much, and if you keep, you know, writing down the examples, maybe you can have one diary where you just keep writing, or on your smartphone, you can have a file, you know. Just examples of, okay, two examples to write every day which proves how Krishna loves you. And then one day, you know, you'll have 100 points. And if you just spend 10 minutes going through those points, Krishna loves me so much that he's given me, you know, two hands, two legs, eyes, ears. <laughs> Krishna loves me so much. That is taken care of me. Krishna loves me so much that there was a massive accident and I narrowly survived that day. Krishna loves me so much. He's given me wonderful parents. Krishna. So when we keep meditating on how much Krishna loves me, then we'll fall in love with Krishna. Even if you don't want to. You know, we have a very famous Bollywood song which echoes the mood of many devotees in Iskand. That Bollywood song is, you know, uh, that lady is singing, Nana karte pyar tumi se kar baithe. Karnata inkar ikrar tumi se kar baite. She says, I, I, I was always saying, no, 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 no. I kept saying no and I fell in love with you. 
I wanted to say, I wanted to refuse your proposal, but I landed up saying yes. This is what happens to the best of devotees in Iskon. You know, they, they didn't come looking for love of Krishna. They came because of the friends, they came because of Prashadam, they came because of peer strength, they came because of fun. But they kept saying no to Krishna, but because they were consciously meditating on how much Krishna loves them, they landed up loving Krishna. Now they now they are hooked, they can't get out of Krishna consciousness. So this is these are the four principles. So I'll end. So basically we discussed today um, two topics on faith. First is how faith is natural. All of us have faith. And faith is a journey from uncertainty to certainty. And uh, what actually uh, gives us faith, different devotees shared their different examples. And we spoke about the principle of simplicity here. Examples of Niranjan Maharaj, Jayadat Maharaj, Lilavati Mataji, So Krishna Prabhu, Sarveshwari Mataji, so many examples of uh, actual live examples of devotees. And then we discussed uh, the challenges in faith and we discussed how the challenges are mainly because we are refused, uh, one of the main challenges is we don't have taste in bhakti and uh, we discussed three components of faith there. What are the three components? Anybody knows? Three components of faith. Yes, Vishnu? Uh, knowledge. Knowledge is one. Second? Yes. Belief. And third? Uh, trust. trust. Can we trust Krishna? So this uh, we discussed challenges and then we discussed about how we can improve our faith. What are the four things we could do to improve our faith? First, patience. Patience. At the right time, everything will fall in place. All the dots will be connected. Second, association is composed of three things according to Vishana Shakyarati Thakur. First is? Mercy. Mercy, Satam Krupa, blessings. And what is, what, is the, what is the best example for this? Giraj Maharaj's story is the best example. And the second point in association? Service, Mahat Seva, service to devotees, and third, eagerness to hear, Shushusha. So these were the three points. And then we discussed the third uh, way to improve our faith. What is that? Commitment. Commitments. Make some small commitments and then see the results. And the last, most important, gratitude. fresh gratitude. And uh, the, the, the psychology here is if we keep meditating on how much Krishna loves us, we will also start loving him. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Again today I went 10 minutes over time. <laughs> <Good work. laughs> yes.